Syria are fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. I'm Chris with Marco and Tad, and we're back for week 23 after Super Bowl weekend and a bachelor party. You guys are struggling. How are you? My God, today. (laughs) Waking up this morning was just the worst. Yeah. I don't know what was worse, the eight-hour car drive back from, uh, where the heck even were we, Charleston? (laughs) That was just, just so, so brutal. Or this morning. I mean, like, I would say getting up at 6 a.m. was tough, but my eyes opened at 3 a.m. and they did not go back to sleep until I just got out of bed at 5.45 and was like, I'll just start working. I got a lot of emails to answer. I told you how I woke up this morning. I won't repeat it on the podcast, but (laughs) I just had a... I took a melatonin last night, had a crazy dream, woke up this morning just super stressed and then realized, oh... I've been drinking for the past four days, and I have so much to do today. <laughs> a successful bachelor party, G-rated for the podcast. Well done, guys. The po- most positive note out of here, we'd say, is, well, number one, the wedding is still on, and it's a little bit easier to pay for now for Tad, huh? Yeah, I mean, I'm a jerk, but I'm not a total jerk, so I, I, I didn't, we, didn't, we didn't do anything that was, like, that was illegal. Um, but, yeah, I won $300 betting on the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Except for that. Yeah, well, that is true. I, I mean, three hundred graham crackers. I won three hundred graham crackers right. in a in a in a machine that you like. I don't know what the heck I'm talking about. Anyways, uh, but also we were in the we actually you want here we can just sum up the epicness of the bachelor party. It was like a dozen of of my closest friends. Everyone got on amazing. You know, every, tons of guys could play the guitar. So there's a lot of music being played, but. The, the the biggest way I can put it, how epic it was, is we actually ended up in the local Charleston paper. <laughs> like evidence. a photographer is like, those guys know how to party. All right. And so uh, yeah, it's like a there's a spread of us. What what's what was the what's the CharlestonCityPaper.com? Yeah, that's the one. CharlestonCityPaper.com. Shout out to Mike, who uh, basically became our mascot for. I don't know how long he was around. I don't remember when he left, but that just gave us a full spread on the website for the Charleston City Paper. So nice. Check it out. That's right. There's a picture of you with my brother. That's just classic. It it speaks. Uh, picture speaks a thousand words, and that one definitely does the same. You could you could tell that I'm a Jello Rosa fan because my face was straight Rosa. <laughs> All right. Well, glad that you guys made it back for uh, the Curve America podcast. How about the Super Bowl itself? Uh, what Can you guys I do think a quick thing before we uh, move on? I'm going to take my chin chin shot of olive oil to Tad. Tad, you should be taking this because your voice right now. But <laughs> yeah. this is for a fantastic weekend, and hopefully I'm not going to be choking on this thing right now. Cheers to Tad and his bachelor party. Congrats, buddy. Ooh, urban fused. Yes. All right. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> the necessary cough. We, after stepped, the... we stepped it up for you, Marco. My yeah. God. <laughs> that was good. Enjoy mm. it. And a tradition lives on. Well done. Now so, you can have even crazier dreams tonight. <laughs> so, guys, Super Bowl weekend, what'd you think of the game itself? Uh, the Patriots are the Patriots. Yeah, you know, I think uh, my favorite part about it was a guy who was there at the beginning. He was this guy who said he graduated from Alabama, so he was a. Uh, quote unquote, or used to winning. And so he comes up to me, he's like, Falcons are going to win, man. I'm a huge Falcons fan. I was like, all right, man. Uh, So halfway through the game, he comes up to me and he's like, I'm out of here, man. I got to go. I got to go hang out with my girl. And I was like, what are you talking about, dude? Why are you leaving right now? You know, like as a Roma fan, just so jaded, like, I can't believe anybody would do that, especially in this situation. And then they lose. And I've never been a bigger Patriots fan in my life. How can, how can you say Atlanta Falcons and used to winning in the same sentence? Yeah. There's also a picture of that dude with Hassan on the uh, CharlestonCityPaper.com. So if you see a dude um, in, a, in, a, in a 
Falcon shirt, because I know you guys are going to all go there and check it out, but uh, with High Sun, that's the guy we're talking about, dipped out halfway through the game when his team was up. I also seem to recall Alabama losing a nail-biter in the national championship <laughs> game, so I don't know what that guy's talking about for uh, just leaving at halftime. <laughs> um, but yeah, good game, epic game. So Tad had the question for us, and we, we should all answer around the pod. Was this Super Bowl the biggest choke or the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history? Tad, you first. I mean, it's got to be the biggest choke. You're up 28-3 at half, I think. Um, and uh, uh, and you go ahead and... I mean, you're sending your fans home, you're up so big. And then you go ahead and don't score another point for the rest of the game. That's a choke, son. No, I think that's just a massive comeback. Guys, we said it before. The Patriots are like Juve. They're just never out of it. And I never... at any point of that game, and granted, I'm not a huge football fan, but I didn't didn't ever think that they were out of it. Yeah, I'm uh, with Marco on this one. Uh, just the Patriots are just you, you can't count them out. They're just machines, and and credit to them. I got to say, Tom Brady, uh, you know, being kind of a New York sports fan, it's it's tough to root for for Boston, but uh, the stuff with his mom and, and things a like Trump that. Fan. Yeah, very true. Very true. But uh, but yeah, the stuff with his mom, just pure class. Uh, happy for him that uh, you know the game obviously meant a, a lot for him and his family. Wishing him well on that. But you got, I, I'm with Marco on this. This was a comeback, man. You guys are both wrong. That was a joke. <laughs> well, we certainly have empathy for Atlanta, and we do want to throw in here, just tying it back to Serie A here. They got a new MLS team, Atlanta FC, with Milan colors. So. Uh, Rise up, nation! You got a team to support. Uh, about a month away. Uh, so we're we're tying it back to to City Hour with the MLS. Uh, well, both here because uh, it was in the news last week. We got two Serie A players just acquired by Atlanta FC: uh, Torino's Josef Martinez and Atalanta's Carlos Carmona. Big names there, uh, but <laughs> yeah. uh, but pretty cool that Serie A is uh, making a connection there to Atlanta. And uh, just a, a little dig here, just pending the visa situation. We'll see if we can get them in the country. I don't know how Torino or Atalanta are going to carry on and challenge for a European spot without <laughs> those two guys on the squad. Yeah. But it is sweet to get some Serie A guys in the MLS. That's right. So best of luck to Atlanta FC in their inaugural season. Hopefully they, do, uh, they, they can uh, erase this painful memory for their Falcons. Last thing on the Super Bowl, guys. Uh, again, another Italian connotation here with Lady Gaga, who is Sicilian, uh, so she's a distant relative of mine, I'm sure. Any thoughts on a halftime show? Marco, you're the musician. Hey, she killed it, I think. Yeah, yeah. It was great. <laughs> Neither of you guys I think. She looked, she looked good coming out, uh, you know, lots of lights. Seemed like she, did. she killed it. There was some singing, I'm guessing. <laughs> she danced well yeah she played uh, that one song right that's right that's right well also you got drones you got 300 drones up in the sky uh pretty impressive so always a tough gig for any musician uh but i thought she did very well too so to our italian sister out there uh complimenti back to syria and curve america we're gonna do our social media and as roma 360 alert we are on twitter facebook instagram fabio at curveamerica.com we're uh, collaborating with a website, asroma360.com. Uh, and so you can find us there. Tad, you always like to say. Um, be, be good to rate and comment if you go on there. That's, that's, how, that's how we grow on iTunes. And I saw that we are up to 13 comments, and I was feeling really good about myself until I saw my favorite murder of the podcast has 7,500 comments. <laughs> So we're going to need to step this up, Curve Americans. Yeah. Comment twice. Yeah. Be, be, be like, comment like you're voting for Hillary Clinton twice. <laughs> uh, controversy abounds. Um, comment like you're dead and voting. <laughs> uh, we also we don't have a Snapchat account, but we did want to m- throw this in here because, Tad, you've mentioned uh, the filters have happened before. Apparently, Rome has been lifting the podcast because they'll now have a their own uh, Snapchat filter. And, uh, you know, Ninja... Rajan Angolan was in the advertisement, and uh, so apparently that means if you get the Roma Snapchat, um, the filter is your neck now looks like a stripper's lower back. But I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know based on my bachelor party. Good save. Been confirmed. (laughs) All right. All right, guys. So uh, there we go with our social media. We're going to do a little bit of catch up here with Copa Italia. Marco, run us through the big games uh, that happened last week. Felipe Anderson and Bilia. 
launch OTFR into the semifinal. Derby della Capitale. How about it? Two extra games of Roma OTFR. It's gotta gonna be, be It's going to be off the hook. Not if it's, what, 2007 or 2008? Yeah. That one was terrible. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, they, they beat Inter at their own home, uh, and Inter has had a rough week. A little foreshadowing for you right there. Uh, Roma beat Cesena. And thank God, because Chizana made it a game. Tad, you you watched that game oh during the middle God. of the day. It was straight ratchet. And uh, the one good thing that comes out of that game is that Totti has an assist and a winning goal. And whenever Totti scores a PK, it's as if he scored a bicycle from half field. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We got Juve Napoli at Roma OTFR starting in March, guys. What an incredible Coppa Italia. Awesome Coppa Italia, yep. You know, Marco, that reminds me of our basically eight-hour drive back when your brother was asleep in the back seat, and we just talked for like a half an hour about how awesome it is to be a Roma fan. I called out like every single Roma club guy by name, and was like, dude, that guy's so classic. That dude's obsessed with Roma. And then like, then we started crying and hugging about what it was going to be like when Totti isn't on the team anymore. Like, how is it possible to be a Roma fan without Totti out there? You know what I was actually thinking about today? We may have only have spoken for like 30 minutes on the ride back. The rest <laughs> of it was just contemplating the week ahead and just like, oh my God, like, Seriously, why did I do that? It's like 24 hours later and you guys, for the listeners, these two guys are struggling. <laughs> I hope you appreciate the effort out there from uh, uh, the podcast uh, guys here. All right, so there's uh, Copa Italia. Let's go to week 23 and do the rundown. In a week of total and epic punishment, and I am not talking about Marco and Tad's liver from the bachelor party, Juve wins over Inter in the game of the week, and it's only the fifth craziest result. OTFR almost get Piscara's president killed. A sad story there later on. And Roma thrashed just as Tad predicted. Well done, Tad. Milan's bad turn of form all of a sudden put Montella on the hot seat, and Drace Mertens might have just proved he is the best player in Serie A. What a week. So, all right, guys, let's settle in. Open the wine, coffee, olive oil. No, just water. All right. That's the last I'm bringing it up. Tad's got the water. I uh, Marco already did his olive oil shot. Going in my veins. Yeah. My protest continues since uh, I didn't drink nearly as much as these guys did over the weekend. I got a vino di Sicilia this week. It's called Emperor's. I don't know why that is, but uh, hey, it's from the motherland uh, back on the island. So to all the Sicilians out there, Chentani and, and Chin Chin to you. And we're looking for a sponsor. That's right. $50 a month. That's there all you need. Go. I mean, like, we'll take anybody as a sponsor. Yeah. $5 yeah. a month. <laughs> Thomas, we're looking at you, man. <laughs> all right. With that in mind, let's, guys, let's go to the top five. All right, so right before the top five, we just want to mention uh, Fiorentina had a makeup game. We're just going to throw it in real quick. February 1st, Fiorentina, Fiorentina played Pescara, and they won 2 1. Not a big, uh, important game. So there you have it. what happened to him today. Exactly. Good job, Pescara. <laughs> so uh, up to week 23 here, we got Juve and Inter, our game of the week. Game finishes 1 0 in the Derba d'Italia. In the Derby d'Italia. Quadrado with the banger in the first half finishes this game off. Marco, you got it. Another huge one nothing result. It's just the way they win against good teams. Uh, it just seems like that's how it always happens. It's The game started out as a, as a bit of a shootout. And in fact, the game was pretty even. 14 to 12 in shots altogether. You know, possession was pretty balanced. Um, t- until Juventus goes up a goal and then the in the second half really just decides to revert to slowly sucking the life out of the game. The game is just, you can't take your eyes off the screen. I mean, you got Dybala attempting bicycle kicks. You got diving on the part of Chiellini, who also had a great game. No doubt. Chiellini dived, huh? (laughs) City miles, man. No, I like to call him the purple pie man now, the, the strawberry (laughs) shortcake villain. Look that guy up, man. They're dead ringers. It's his younger brother. 
Uh, and then, you know, you got hot tempers flying at the end of the game, culminating in Perisic and Icardi getting uh, red carded. I mean, yeah, look, yeah. it had a little bit of everything. Let's just say that. Red, refs got, got Perisic and Icardi up out of there. Yeah, which is unfortunate. They're missing, I think, two of the next games. Yeah, both of them got two-game bans. Yeah. So when I look at this game, I just, I, I'm looking at the weapons that each team have. Obviously, Inter's coming off of a seven-game win streak, and they're in hot form. Icardi's playing well. Perisic has been playing extremely well. And then you obviously have Juve on the other side, who... They've had a little bit of ups and downs uh, recently, but they're playing at home, and you know what that means. Um, they're going to win one nothing. <laughs> and uh, in the first half, when the ball pops out of the box on a corner, Juan Cuadrado, a.k.a. Jalen Smith. He's definitely one of the Smith kids. Yeah. Absolutely laces the ball, comes out, goal of the week candidate. I mean, this thing was a rocket. Almost tore a hole through the back of the net. Unbelievable. So, so I had a question on this. When you guys saw it, I've watched the replay like four or five times now. Deflection or no deflection on this shot? I think mm. it was straight laser right to the back. Straight laser. Had yeah. that side spin to it. I don't think you even saw the ball. Yeah. This was yeah. Just, I just saw it hit his foot and then back of the net. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Gagliardini, really dangerous this game. Had a bunch of chances. Iguain, uh and him shared the most shots with three each. Uh, and, you know, you had my man, <laughs> you had Bulldog out for this game, too. You had... Uh, Medell. Medell, man. I can't... I, I, I've missed him. And then as soon as I say in the podcast, he pops out of the of the rat hole. I guess it was Groundhog Day last week. It was week. Groundhog Day. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I guess he's out to stay and uh, winter... Winter seems like it's it's going away though. Anyways, guys, once again though, we see that four two three one with Iguain up top, Dybala playing behind Mandzukic and Quadrado on the wings. I mean, is is that the new formation? Is that just every week now until they lose? That formation is huge, and I was gonna say, Mandzukic, man, I, again another huge game. Had a good chance in the first half of an awesome Quadrado cross, but. He is just a workhorse. I see him slide tackling left and right. He almost actually caused a, a PK for Inter in the first half. Um, I think that that was a PK. Uh, what do you guys think? It was pretty clear. No, I thought. I totally agree. It was PK for sure. Dude, the handyman was all over this place. He had huge saves on on, on Pjanic and Iguain. And, uh, and he blocked a uh, Dybala bicycle kick. Yeah, it was just... Like I said, everybody came out this game... And uh, I think even the ref had a little bit uh, apart because beyond giving the red cards and not calling the PK, there's one play, Inter Channel uh, puts out a video at the end of the game. Uh, Kellini gets the ball after an offsides on Icardi, or it was Perisic. Kellini gets the ball, stops the ball, and like plays it back to, to Buffon. Icardi reads it. He's in on goal, and the ref, Rizzoli, stops the game. And he goes, no, the ball was still moving off of Kelly. You can't kick the ball while it's moving. And it's caused a, a polemica, as mm -hmm. they would say. Just like in any situation where there's a quick foul or they're just trying to get the ball going, you know, quickly you put the ball down. As soon as it stops, you play it. That's what happened, and they're saying that the ball was still moving. Nothing like a good Juventus game with a, a ref calling going their way, you know, no PKs. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to say that they paid the refs or anything, but it's just another, another, another call falling uh, Juve's way. Yeah. So I saw, I think it was the inner president uh, who, who was saying that if, if it was the other way around with Juventus, uh, they would have gotten the call. So I think it's pretty uh, clear throughout all of Syria, people just feel like they get the short end of the stick when they when they play Juve. Well, people hate Juventus like they hate the Patriots, man. Yeah. Just, just if you dominate the league and you've been busted for bribing refs before, you know people are going to be like, hey, if the scarpa fits. Yeah, right. That's right. So a couple other things about this game, you know, as uh, Inter, Inter's Brosevich, he's out uh, several weeks uh, with broken toe. Um, and uh, Lick Steiner, I just wanted to point this out. He gets taken off for Dani Alves, throws a bit of a fit, kind of like uh, Dybala did last week. Yeah, but Lick Steiner is not Dybala, and there's a lot of guys that play his position that I'm surprised he's out there. That's right. Um, my question for you guys is, is this the end of the road for, for Inter's hot streak? Is it, you know, because be before this game, before this seven-game win streak, they were up and down, but they've been riding this wave. And so do you think that they're going to get demoralized now that they have a couple players suspended and Brosevich out on injury? 
Um, I, I think next week is going to be a big test. They have Empoli, and Empoli you know, has just shown that Skorupski can put the team on his back and shut someone out. So, And Empoli's, you know, if, if you're not for real, you don't get a result against Empoli. If you're a for real team like Roma is, you know, did this week or, or Napoli did this week after or the past two weeks um, after drawing Palermo and, and Roma losing to Sampdoria, if they come out and thrash, then I say they're right back on track. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think they're. Uh, I mean, they're only what in. They're in fifth place with forty-two points, and uh, boy, if, I don't know if I'm there. Empoli's down there in seventeenth. I hope they get results, but I will caveat that with uh, you know they've lost the Cardi and some of their top players here in this game, so it could be a struggle for them. But I think it's just how we felt after we lost to Juve uh, uh, before the break, right? I mean. It's frustrating. It's rough, but you still feel like, hey, look, we're, we we got a chance. We got and a chance. And it's one nothing. It's yeah. one nothing. You turn exactly. to me during the middle of the game. You're like, is there ever a time? Why is it that you can just never just smash a team? They always got to give you a little false hope. You know what I mean? They yeah. Just leave you there. Yeah. Um, the last thing is, since it was the end of the transfer wait, uh, window, we got Hernanes going to China for eleven million. I think that was confirmed. Uh, Inner gets Sansbury from Jansung Suning. So now players are going the other way. Uh, and then, you know, Chelsea... Is it, is, it a, is it a Chinese fire drill? Chelsea try to get Candreva for about $30 million. Inter and Candreva say, uh-uh. And Agüero's looking like he might make moves in the summer. Let's see what happens in the summer, guys. Talk of Simeone, talk of Aguero, bunch of players, hopefully not Manolas. Yeah, I mean, as we talk about uh, you know, the, the rest of this week, the January transfer window for the Serie A was pretty quiet. I think everyone's brewing for a big summer. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, there you have it. We got Juve still up top with 54 points, and uh, they got their makeup game. Remember, they still have that game in hand. They're playing Crotone, mighty Crotone, next week on Wednesday. Uh, so that so uh, when we go over the table, it'll be more clear going forward after next week. Um, let's move on, guys. We got the next game is Roma Fiorentina, and this one just happened today. So we're all kind of piecing together highlights uh, to, to watch it. None of us got to watch it live, but Roma took this one for nothing, and they break an 87-year-old team record with 14 consecutive home wins. Yeah, uh, first time in, in team history they have 14 consecutive home wins, and. I mean, from the Roma Club group chat and just from from watching the highlights and and seeing the stats, this game has something that every Roma fan wants and is Fiorentina's nightmare because Sousa basically lost this game for Fiorentina and Roma did everything right. If you're a Roma fan, Dzeko has a brace. He goes back on top of Cano Canonieri. Ninja stays hot with another goal. Um, De Rossi. Comes out and has two assists for the first time in a game in five seasons. Strutman and Fazio with assists. And Fazio, who has been absolutely killing it. And if it wasn't for Jekyll, probably been man of the match. Gets on the score sheet and scores a goal. Looking like Chris Ross with the, with the tight haircut now and the Ooh. nice manicured beard. I'll tell you. Beard. I'll tell you. I, I still got it on the mind. <laughs> I'll tell you, though. He, uh, Fazio wasn't the only one with fresh haircuts. I was thinking as I was rolling through the highlights earlier today. A lot of these refs, they got some fresh haircuts. Yeah. Well, it is Serie A, so mm-hmm. we must we, we all ought to look fresh here. <laughs> uh, anything else on the game, guys? I know, uh, you know, just the statistics of it. How did Roma do there? Well, it's just an all-out, you know, total domination by Roma. The possession was split 50-50, but Roma just crushes it on shots, 23-13. to um, I haven't seen how many shots on goal have been for Fiorentina, but it didn't look like they got really much put on goal. It didn't look like uh, Chesney had to work too hard in this game. Um, and Roma follows suit. Super Bowl, even Spalletti. Yeah, only two shots on goal for Fiorentina, eight for for Roma. But what, what you just mentioned, you know, they, they created a high number of chances relative to a, you know, pretty even game in possession. And I think what we've seen over the last couple of years is here's Roma keeping Barcelona-style possession holding the ball all game, and then just not really showing that they're dangerous enough. Um, I can't wait for our man Salah to come back because he just, uh, unfortunately, I mean, I think he was one of the players, if not the player of the tournament yeah, at the African Cup of Nations, almost had a sick play. Uh, we were watching that as well. Um, and I will say uh, this week, while we're, I'm, I'm on that topic real quick, the Inter-Juve game uh, was kind of, we, they only showed the second half be in because they were showing the African Cup of Nations. 
I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because that's, you know, honestly. It wasn't an Atletico Madrid replay, 90 and 30 or something like that. I'm okay with that, you know. I, we ended up seeing two games. It was it was quality. Anyways, um, so when I think Salah comes back, I mean, Roma's just got weapons right now. Beating Fiorentina this week, massive result. It could have been the week that uh, Juventus gets away from Roma. Yeah, yeah, and even Spalletti is citing the Super Bowl as reasoning for a possible Scudetto. That, uh, uh, and I know we might be getting a little carried away with ourselves um, just because we're mad Roma fans and uh, it brought the Super Bowl up. But, I mean, if there ever was a reason to think a team had the ability to come back, Super Bowl this weekend had it for you. Yep, and a good rebound against uh, losing after Sampdoria last week, so happy to see that. Um, also want to mention, uh, this, this kind of took off in, uh, in Italy, I see, uh, this famoso stadio. And uh, we all did uh, the, the Roman dialect breakdown here. Marco, you're the chief pronunciator. What would you say this uh, breaks down to in English? So, I mean, in English, it's let's, let's do this stadium or let's build this stadium, really. Uh, and then in clean Italian, it would be facciamo questo stadio. And uh, in, in Roman, it's famoso stadio. Everything's chopped Oh, famoso stadio. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, that took off uh, basically because uh, the commune in, in Rome said they're not too crazy about uh, the plans of building the Stadio della Roma. There's a PR effort, it seems, uh, to get the stadium back on track. And I thought this was cool that basically, yes, I mean, Roma wants their stadium, but there's just a significant um, following now that all the stadiums need to be updated uh, from the social media, from what I gather. So. And it's, it's not that the Comune doesn't want the stadium. It's just want the Comune wants to bleed as much money out of this thing as possible. I hope that's not the case. But, uh, you know, Roma, it's it's time to move out of uh, Stadio Olimpico and get a, a top-class stadium. Well, big news, boys. Looks like we're not going to be going to a boycotted game. That's right. Uh, yeah. For the Derby for after Tad's wedding because the news came out this week that they're going to lift the barriers. And yeah. so... Uh, that in itself is the best news I've heard all transfer window. Yeah. You know what? That is amazing. All right. So uh, big news on that. Praying for uh, Stadio della Roma, for uh, all the Romanisti out there. Uh, any transfer news with this uh, with these two teams, guys? Well, I think the main thing to reflect on with the transfer window for Roma, they're kind of in there for DeFrel. They're kind of in there for Pellegrini. They're kind of in there for Frank Kessie, um, which I'll talk about a little bit more when I have Atalanta. But... You know, Roma not making the Champions League and getting that $40 million hit. Um, the fact that they didn't lose any of their big players, they didn't feel the need to sell them off to try and generate some revenue, um, is a pretty good sign for the Roma team. And Grenier, I don't really know a whole lot about him. I watched some highlights on him. He seems like a quality player. Um, he got on in this game, didn't really have much of an impact, but hopefully we just have another weapon added. So you're saying this this transfer window, we don't have to sell anybody off. I think that's a success. All right. Yeah, Good to hear. Yeah, it's big. All right. So we got Roma in second place. They got 50 points. And we got Fiorentina down in seventh with 37. So they're right there uh, looking for a Europa League spot. Uh, we'll see what they do. Moving on, though, we got Napoli and Bologna. This one finished 7-1 to one in Napoli's favor. Oh, the humanity. Napoli commits the equivalent of a felony in this game and just assaults Bologna. This was awful. Uh... Homsic opened it up in the third minute uh, with a diving header. He had, he had a couple goals in this game. Insigne follows it up in the fifth, uh, and they're just rolling. Um, it takes uh, Bologna's Destro missing a PK to make you really feel like, all right, this is just going to be a runaway. I love when he misses PK. Oh, man, that's the, I just the, the look on his face when he missed it, he's like, does everybody think I'm a fraud now? We already thought you were a fraud, son. I was, I was like, look, look at Destro. He's gonna score. His team is down. He's gonna take his shirt off. He's gonna show his pale, hairless chest <laughs> to the crowd, and he missed. Love it. But then, in the same minute, any momentum that Napoli got there goes away because Tad, you want to say the word? Hello. <laughs> Him and uh, Nagi get into it, shoulder to shoulder. I don't know. It, it looked like it was. It looked okay, but then Callejon kicks him when he was on the ground, and we got a straight red. So Callejon's out, and uh, now we see like, all right, maybe this is an even game now because uh, uh, Bologna's going to be a. Uh, you always knew that Callejon, a little rat boy in him. Yeah, I mean, it's a good thing that uh, our, our our man Callejon, uh, before he got up out of there, 
um, for that, had that sweet pass to Insania, that left-footed ball that just dropped right in front of him. But ref said deuces, and I think, hey, man, if you get caught kicking another player on purpose, more times than not, you're getting chucked out. Yeah, but then uh, six minutes later, Mertens, he sells a takedown by Bologna's Messina, and we got another red. So any chance that Bologna had there goes out the window because now we got two straight red cards and we got two less men on the field. Mertens gets the field the free kick uh, about, I don't know, 22, 23 yards out and just nails it. And Napoli's up uh, 3-0 here, and it just looks like this game's over. But then Bologna's Torresidis, another former Romanista, uh, gets uh, one back with a rebound header, and so we're at 3-1. Dude, how stiff did he look when he scored that goal and ran back? I mean, it looks like that man's never turned his neck before in his life. <laughs> it looks true. like if you bang on the door of the Adams family house, Toro Cities opens that thing, he's like, mm, you rang. <laughs> he looks like a local baker to me. <laughs> So then, uh, yeah. he, he looks like the village kids throw rocks at his head. <laughs> um, then we got uh, Mertens finishing off the half here. He's got a breakaway, gets it, and uh, just finished it for the second of the game. We got a four-one game, and guys, it's only halftime. I'm exhausted from this this highlight reel already in the first forty-five minutes. Keep rolling here, guys. Uh, we got the hamstick the hamstick show. Uh, for the beginning of the second half. The first goal he gets is an upper 90 curler, and then, like minutes later, he rips another one in the upper 90 here. It's, it's just unbelievable not how good Napoli is. But uh, we, st- we started in the rundown uh, how good Mertens is. His final goal here to get his hat trick, unbelievable. Just possession of the ball, uh, do- fakes out two guys, gets the shot off, incredible. And that's the game, a 7-1 here Napoli, just finally it's over Napoli scored in every way possible in this game they had set piece goals they had headers from crosses they had dribbles in the box they had breakaways they had long passes just absolutely incredible yeah I, I guys I'm gonna say it again Real Madrid you better be uh doing your homework right now because I think Mertens he's gonna be the most sought out for player in the summer transfer window I'm gonna say it right now it's gonna happen he's gonna get sold for 80 million and that was my question for you guys here. Uh, they got uh, Genoa coming up, who we've known are giant killers uh, in, in week 24. But then they got the first leg of the Champions League with Real. Real's first in La Liga and not dominating this season. They're only one game up uh, on, on second place, uh, Barcelona. Is Real the favorite in the Champions League for, for leg one? Cool. I, I think we have Marco's answer already. Easy. Yeah, Real's definitely the favorite. They're the defending champions. Um, but... That being said, we're talking about in the beginning of the season when Iguain went to Juventus. So like, where is Napoli going to get the goals? Milik, you know, came came out of nowhere. You know, it was early on score with Torres ACL. Now I don't think there's a team that's scoring, you know, quite like Napoli. You know, four out of, in 2017. So they're going to give them a run for their money. But Real is definitely still the champ, still the favorites. That was my other question for these guys. So Milik, I, I assume he's going to come back soon. Uh, you know, with him and Mertens, you guys have a favorite of, of who you start there? Easy. Yeah. Easily Mertens. Yeah. But, I mean, I think that them not having a player like Milik hurts them a lot over a two-leg series with Real Madrid because they gave you completely different looks, obviously. I mean, if you ask who would you rather play right now, Mertens scoring, I would rather put Mertens on right back and make him, you know, get give him the ball every play. I'm just saying, uh, without having a, a big man, so even Gabbiadini now that he's gone, uh, they're gonna they're not gonna have that same uh, dynamic look that they would have against Real Madrid. But who knows? I mean, they they've found plenty of ways to score. A couple of extras here, guys. Uh, we got some red cards. Usai and Calihon both out for the next match, so that could hurt. And I'm praying to the podcast gods here, guys. The Zlatan loves Napoli, and he may end up there this summer. I'm calling this trash. I will preface it with that. Uh, this is just going to be a bargaining chip so we can get more money out of Man U uh, up in the EPL. But what do you guys think? Would the Zlatan fit in well with Napoli? I mean, it's it's got to be trash because apparently Sarri's got to get up out of there for him to want to go there. But Marco was too hyped on this in, in, in Charleston, dude. So I'm pretty sure Raiola, the, the guy who, uh, Mino Raiola, who is also Zlatan's agent, I think he's El Caduri's agent. And so he was basically saying, with Sadi there, 
there's no way that Zlatan's going because he treated El Kaduri wrong. So, you know, it just got me thinking. Is it too late now to say sorry? <laughs> I would love it. Just just from pure content, Zlatan is just so fantastic. So podcast gods, if you're listening, please bring him to Syria. Who'd you start, Trace Martins or Zlatan? <laughs> Who'd you start, Zlatan Ibrahimovic or Gulam? <laughs> Remains to be seen. Smeagol? The other thing we want to mention, uh, just for transfers, finally, Gabbiadini is off to EPL in Southampton. I think we mentioned that last week, but just to reiterate, Gabbiadini is out of Serie A. Yeah, he he scored in his debut. Sick goal. Slammed it upper 90. Of course. (laughs) And the Italian dominance of EPL continues. (laughs) All right, guys. So that'll do it. Napoli's in third place with 48 points. And Bologna is down in 14th with 27. So moving on to the next game, we got Piscara and OTFR. This is another one with just an absolute assault. We got Piscara, 2, OTFR, 6. It's the Marco Parolo show as the Eagles feast on some canned dolphin. Love that. Canned dolphin. Bottom of the barrel. (laughs) Guys, this game was honestly... Even in shots, right? That's, is that unbelievable to see? Is fourteen to seventeen in shots? Yeah, it was two two at one point. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Michael Parolo starts the game off with two headers. In fact, he scores four goals the entire game, and three were off his dome piece. And uh, that's the kind of form that really made Parolo a staple of the national team in the Euros this year. It's unreal. I think uh, that brought a tear to Toro City's eyes. <laughs> He got a 10 rating on who scored, by the way, which uh, I think we're going to just give him a 9.9 because I don't think that anyone in OTFR jerseys should be associated with Dotti's number. <laughs> I, I will say, OTFR jerseys, they were sharp this week, no? Nope. Nope. No, that's two times, man. You guys are cruel. Did we just cut Chris Ross, the boss? You guys cut want, himself. You guys want a biased moderator. He's, he's, he's moderator. Cr- He's Chris Ross, low man on the uh, employee totem pole, no longer the boss. He's so, Chris Ross, the Danny Federici. They go up. So like you said, Ted, it, the game at one point was 2-2. But before that, Caprari, who's heading the Christmas tree formation of uh, Pescara currently, he misses a PK and he's leaving the podcast wondering, where the hell is Ray Ray? <laughs> I mean, where's he been? I haven't seen or heard that name in weeks, and I miss him. And so does Nikki. <laughs> um, speaking of which, Caprari misses the PK. Camera pants to Massimo Aldo. Guys, we think we haven't slept in four days. <laughs> this man looks like he hasn't slept in two years. And yeah, I don't know if it's If you're stress. coaching Piscara, that, that sounds about right. <laughs> too much, too many Instagram shoots, I guess. I, I guess every time you, knowing their fans, every time you go to sleep, you got to have at least one eye open. That's true. <laughs> More on that later, yeah. And so after uh, after that, you know, Piscata actually gets one back, and Piscata's 2-2, uh, but OTFR turns it on, I mean... We got Parolo scoring two more goals. We got Keita fresh off the African Cup of Nations. He gets one along with Immobile. And Immobile keeps himself in the conversation for Capo Cagnoneri. Dude, Immobile, when he scored that goal, he was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, they, the announcer said it was out of respect for the crowd. If it was, I guess that's cool. But uh, uh, yeah, just no reaction after he scored. OTFR just really, they've, they showed their class this game, even though it was against the, the Cannes Dolphins. They, they, they're extremely dangerous. I mean, both through the middle and coming in from the sides. Um, when you look at their attack, how, how it's distributed across the, the, the field, it's really, it was dead even almost, uh, you know, coming up the wings and through the middle. When you have Felipe Anderson and, and Keita Balde just running the wings, and then you got a strong midfield and, uh, you know, players like Immobile up top. This is a good team. I mean, we've been saying it. They got a good result against Pescara. Let's see what they got next. So, yeah, so a little bit of news uh, from Pescara, some unfortunate news. Uh, a lot of crimes happening in Syria this week. Uh, arson. Apparently at the president's house, two cars were set on fire right outside of President Daniele Sebastini's uh, house. And he claims because of this incident, he's done. He's going to leave the club by the end of the year. Uh, what do you guys think? If uh, two, gar- two cars get set on fire uh, outside your house, you're done with the team? Well, no. <laughs> yeah. probably be day day yeah, it would just be a good excuse to not be associated with Pescara anymore. They got nine points, man. But I mean... 
dude, these Piscara fans are just too legit to quit, man. That after that just straight up riot they had outside the Pescada uh, Christmas party, like there, it, it's getting worse. What's gonna be by the end of this stigmata? Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. So unfortunate news there, uh, um, but but uh, they they are a passionate fan base. Clearly, a little yeah, bit of news. I mean, they had more fans at their game than OTFR has had the whole season. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I'm saying that just because we've said too many good things about OTFR <laughs> this game already. Balance it out. But, yeah, I mean, those fans are obviously passionate. Maybe Odo can get some sleep here. Uh, in the same article, uh, Sabastini mentions uh, Odo has job security so long as uh, Sabastini's president. So uh, at least through the summer, uh, Odo's okay there. So we'll see. So, yeah, so now we got OTFR in fourth place with 43 points. And, of course, we all know Piscara, lowly Piscara, down in 20, 20th place with nine points. All right, that'll do it for the top five. We're going to take a quick break and start with middle of the pack. This week's episode of Curve America is brought to you by Sumner Furniture. Sumner Furniture are office furniture experts based in the Washington, D.C. metro area. They provide high-quality new and used office furniture for all-size jobs, ranging from just one chair to million-square-foot offices. Sumner provides space designs, commercial moves, delivery and installation for projects nationwide. Check out their website, sumnerfurniture.com, or their eBay store. Contact them and mention Curve America for an additional 10% off any new or used office chair. All right, first game in the middle of the pack, we've got Atlanta. Sorry, Atalanta. Super Bowl's over. Atalanta versus my favorite word, Cagliari. This one finishes 2-0 in Atalanta's favor. Tad, you got this one. That's what Chris has been doing all weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Practicing the, that I, word. I thought he was this close to being the Chuck Knobloch of the word Cagliari. Just yeah. straight up have the yips. <laughs> yep, throwing it straight into the crowd. <laughs> yeah, well, at least one Atalanta team won this weekend. Um, you know, the whole story is... Papu Gomez scores two goals in the first 16 minutes. The first goal, uh, Conti crosses basically in front of just four ratchet Cagliari defenders, one of them being Bruno Alves, who just totally forgot how to play soccer. And they all turn and they watch as Gomez knocks, you know, knocks one in with no one near him. The second goal, straight up barn burner. Papu lashes one over the back line, just perfect upper 90. Splendido tiro. The game finishes out basically with each team trading yellow cards and using all their subs on their way to three points from Atalanta. Obviously, since Tom Brady and James Wine don't play for Cagliari, the game finishes 2-0 and Atalanta follows through to have uh, a first-half blowout. Um, and Ladea, unlike Atlanta, get to do the Dirty Bird. Well said. <laughs> Good connection there. Uh, how about guys as uh, statistics on this game? Anything for Atalanta? Well, I mean, they win the possession by 10 points. They straight up destroy Calgary um, and shots on goal 14 to 3. Um, you know, this they ran the Christmas tree formation again. It just failed miserably. Uh, they could barely possess the ball for long in Atalanta's territory. You know, there's not even really a Calgary chance worth talking about. Gabbage. All right. So let's jump to the biggest news, I think, out of Atalanta's uh, the transfer stuff. So. Um We've heard a few things about Marco's favorite guy, his man. My man. Frank Kessie. And uh, he's coming to Roma. He's not coming to Roma. What, do you guys, what have you heard so far on this? Yeah, well, according to Papu Gomez in one of his radio in- interviews, he believes that Kessie's probably on his way out at the end of the year. I mean, I think if, if Kessie goes to Roma, we have to say bye-bye to Nangolan uh, or s- someone else. So... Um, I don't know, man. I love this team so much. Roma, uh, Kessie is a monster, though, for sure. Pretty cool article, though, written in The Guardian this week about how Frank Kessie is supposedly the midfielder of the future. So, I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, the guy, was he only played like 23 games in the Serie A? So. Yeah, I read there's some EPL teams after him as well. And uh, so the Atalanta, the team, has said that there's no deal with Roma now. I don't know if they're just saying that to up his price for the summer transfer. We'll see, but uh, uh, Papo Gomez uh, thinks that he's gone. But guys, the transfer window is over. 
and just talking about what we were talking about leading up to the transfer window on Atalanta's first half of the season. You know, they lost Gagliardini, which is tough, but they keep the rest of the team intact. So did Atalanta prove to you that they're absolutely making a run for Europe? Yeah, I mean, it's it's good that they were able to hold on to their players, but I don't know if it was necessarily because of that. I think it was because... Um, these players are just way too expensive to for any team to be spending money on until they are assured from Champions League's money or stuff like that. So, um, but you did say that the transfer window was up, and I wanted to just say, just to stay relevant here, um, you know, to stay cultured, that we have one set of alternative facts being set aside, and now we're moving on to a whole new set of alternative facts. So. <laughs> I mean, how, yes, yeah, seriously, like I'm scrolling through the Bleach Report app and it's like there's talking about summer transfer I know. window. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, I mean, to your question, Atalanta's in sixth place with 42 points. They're, they're one point away from being in a top four spot. So uh, I agree. They're, they're making a run at it. I'm also happy to say, like with Roma, if we paid 30 million euros for, for Frank Kessie, I wouldn't have been happy with that. Would you guys have liked that? No. Nah. Yeah, too much money, at least for, for half a season. Unless right? you sold at Nangulan and you had that money and you needed to replace somebody. But where would he even play right now? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad we kept Nangulan. I, I hope Nangulan never leaves. After this weekend, the thought of spending too much money on anything just, just <laughs> kills me inside. I didn't yeah. spend a dime. That was yeah. the best part about it. As it should be. As it should be. All right, yeah, so Atalanta, as I mentioned, sixth place. And we got Cagliari all the way down in 15th with 27 points. Keep rolling on in the middle of the pack. Up next, we got Milan and Sampdoria. Surprised to see Milan down here. Uh, they've been having a good uh, part of the season, at least uh, leading up to the break. But they lose this one, 0-1, and they keep falling down on the table. The sad thing is uh, they own Sampdoria in this game. I mean, they were really good. Um, the, the difference comes down to uh, Milan's bald and the beautiful Paletta. Finally shaved it off, which was a good decision. Uh, legit brings down Qualiarella, Quags in the box. Didn't even argue it when he went down. And who steps up to take it, guys? Babyface killer. Yep. The mercurial Muriel. He steps up, takes the PK, and the game's one nothing Sampdoria. Right after uh, this, this goal happens, Montella's throws all caution in the wind. Three subs right away, right after the kick, uh, and it doesn't pan out for him. So that's that's really the story of this game. One nothing. It's unfortunate, but that's where Milan is. We're starting to see now, guys. I mean, already there's room, rumors that Montel is done after this season. Which... Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I saw I saw an Instagram meme that was like Montella in like three segments. That was like three points for you, three points for you, and the last picture is him going three points for everyone. <laughs> They're just. They're just in a down moment right now, and it just goes to show you that City, ah, you know, they they'll catch you snoozing the the those trash teams. And I mean, speaking of trash teams, like Sampdoria, they just beat Roma and then Milan. Like what? Yeah. What the hell is going on right now? Uh, you know, clearly Muriel is going to be moving on after the summer because he's proving to be. Uh, an absolute game changer in there. He's he's absolutely killing it right now. It's good to see. To me, this this question of Mont- Montella being out, it's it's crazy because you know he won the Supercoppa Italia, which is the first piece of silverware that uh, Milan has had since 2011. And to be honest, guys, like at the beginning of the season, there were not great expectations for him. I mean, the team is totally handcuffed financially with the whole Berlusconi Chinese thing, so. I don't know, man. Do you think it's just that uh, the the pedigree of Milan that if if you don't place in a certain way, you're out after one year? Yeah, I I don't think this is fair. I mean, it just shows you've just soccer is just so fickle about this stuff. But Montella's riding high right before the break, gets a few unfortunate losses uh, right after the break, after not spending any money because their their sale to the Chinese investors has been held up. And so what do you have to do? I mean, it's just, it's unfortunate, but Montella's, he's a bad coach all of a sudden. I don't, I don't buy it. Like, you can always go to Palermo. 
<laughs> That's true. Although, although I don't know, Mr. Lopez doing it right down there. He's he'll, he'll be gone by halftime of next game. That's true. But guys, after Milan, like you said, they've just been throwing points away, and they lose to Samp again. And OTFR has its best game of the season. What do you think Milan's chances are in the game coming up against uh, OTFR next week? It's going to be a good one. Uh, Milan needs this game. OTFR coming off a big win. Maybe Milan sneaks it away just because, hey, look, they need a result, and OTFR just had a big one. Yeah, I think that Milan and the way this Serie A has been uh, is is just going to come back, and you know they're they're. I'll, I'll say this: they'll go, they're going to tie. Yeah, it's going to be tough, I think, because they do have a game midweek, uh, which could make them tired, and they've lost some depth now that Niang is gone. But I mean, their midweek game is Bologna, and Bologna just got absolutely pulverized. Bologna just. Bologna, Bologna for shiz. So, you know, hopefully they can get a big result, get their confidence back, and hopefully hopefully they just smoke OTFR. We'll see. Uh, it's a little bit of drama we wanted to mention in the 73rd minute. Baca comes off and uh, shows that he's unhappy with Montella. Did you guys see this? Yeah, it's per the course, you know. Yeah. Uh, he's frustrated. Montella's frustrated. He, he thinks that he's, you know, he's been scoring goals and he can change their fortune around, but... You know, you don't know what's going on in these coaches' heads. Yeah, we'll see. He cleared the air, said, don't worry about it. I'm buying the guy's dinner. It was just frustration after the game. We'll see. But Milan's got some injuries, too. We got Bonaventura out three to four months, and uh, Antonelli's out with two weeks with a calf. So uh, that's going to be a factor in the games coming up, too. So Milan keeps dropping. They're in eighth place now with 37 points, and Sampdoria is uh, not too far behind in 10th with 30 so we'll see. Uh, hoping for Milan, uh, they're a big name. Hopefully they do bigger things uh, going forward. Up next, we got Torino and Empoli. This one finished at 1-1. And guess what? Belotti scores, and Skorupski was Empoli's best player. That seems to be a theme this season. Yeah, you don't say. I don't know if you got... I think I had like all of the Northern Italian games, except for the, the Juve game. Was the Juve game played in, in Turin? Yes, it was. Well, every the all three of my northern italian games were just absolute rainstorms just completely pouring um and you, it, that's what's going on here and skrupski uh he gives up the first goal but it's not his fault because yajic yes that yajic <laughs> hits the best ball of his life on a set piece belotti beats all them empoli defenders and volleys one in the air that you know not even stretch armstrong could have stopped um and the, you know the game moves on in georgia peach uh levon Levon uh, misses a bicycle kick, but you know when I mentioned the, the rainstorm, weather just comes in and plays a factor. Uh, Ajeti uh, tries to pull a back pass; the ball just hits a puddle and dies. This you was know, so awful. So Pucciarelli, I mean, he couldn't believe it. He has time to put out a cigarette and finish his coffee. Runs it down. Joe, you know, jukes Joey bag of donuts, and we got one one. Um, and then Yajic, yes, the same one. Latch. Just draws a foul in the box, um, and one of the best things that happened this week, second best thing behind Destro getting his PK blocked, Iago Falke comes in, and Skrupski has a goal of the week contender, and he saves a Falke, uh, Falke PK, and we got the game ending 1-1. Um, you know, this was not the goalie battle that we'd hoped for. You know, Skrupski was far superior than Joey, ba- Joey Bag of Donuts. Joey Bag of Donuts, the Englishman, who apparently was having trouble playing in the rain. <laughs> so, guys, Torino's 10 points away, you know, from sixth place. Is this draw the end of Torino's hopes, Europe hopes? Oh, man. I think that it just might be. Yeah, they, they just continue to disappoint, which is so frustrating because they, they got a big signing in Joey Bag of Donuts, and it's just not panning out like you had hoped. Plus made, Belotti up they front. Made, they made a very critical mistake as a team. They play Yaich, they play Falke, and guess who even got on in this game? Juani Turpe. <laughs> Juanito. You guys are rough with the Turpe, man. He's rough on himself every time he falls. Yeah. Looks like he breaks his leg. All right, so how about transfer stuff? Uh, we'd mentioned a little bit of this before. Uh, Empoli, any action for them? Yeah, they picked up El Caduri from, from Napoli. We were talking about 
about it earlier, you know, maybe Saudi's going to be regretting this one because they may not get uh, Ibra after that. But Tor- Torino loans out Josef Martinez, and he's going to the MLS Expansion Club, Atlanta FC. We talked about that too. Other than that, no real news. Uh, like Tad said, it's been a bit of a quiet transfer window. Well, I think uh, just going back to Ted's question of whether Torino is going to challenge, we already mentioned Josef Martinez on his way to the United States for Atlanta FC. That'll do it. Crucial that'll, blow. That'll do it. <laughs> Finish them. <laughs> Torino in ninth place with 32 points and Empoli down in 17th with 22. Still trying to make that a four-team battle for the for the basement. All right. Up what? For the Sorry. The basement, also known as... Danger zone. Danger zone. Up next, we got Kievo, the Flying Donkeys, playing Udinese, the Little Zebras. This one finished 0-0. Marco, you got it. Yeah, and this was perhaps the perfect game to cover during this week because <laughs> I didn't have to really miss anything. And uh, despite the mid-table standings, this should have been the GOTW garbage of the week. Uh, Udinese uh, had about twice the amount of chances as Cable, uh, and you really would have put your money on them after taking down Milan, but at the end of the game, the red card is all the excitement this game would produce. Uh, pretty good game from our man, HTCT, and Sorrentino has a wild save at the end of the game. But really, guys, just a, just a boring match. Uh, you know the game is garbage when you're looking through the highlights and they show a team getting a corner kick. So yesterday when we were driving back, and sorry for all the listeners out there for us to keep on bringing up the bachelor party, but I was in pain, and I was thinking about the podcast, and I was like, you know what, this one is not going to be my best work, and I said to myself, I'm not even going to watch the Udinese game. <laughs> okay. yeah. yeah, I think we're... Didn't miss much. Yeah, I think we're done with this one. Uh, 11th place, Udinese with 29 points. What a, it's like, what about the transfers? Nah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kievo in 12th. With, they're both tied with 29 points. Uh, just goal differential there. So uh, let's just keep moving on with the middle of the pack after that one. Up next, we got Genoa and Sassuolo. This one finished... This is the most frustrating game of this week for me. This one finished one nothing in Sassuolo's favor. Sassuolo begins their march to the middle and jumps Genoa in another game in the pouring rain. So that must mean Tad has it because it's up north. Tad, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, the story of this game was 1-0. Pellegrini scores just a trash goal off a deflected header. Um, He's standing there by himself and just taps it in. Pellegrini, good thing for him, the 20-year-old Italian starlet, now has four goals in five games. Again, let's let's link him to Roma. Let's just get let's just get hype for the summer transfer. <laughs> Not bad, but just a tough game to watch. I mean, like P- Pellegrini and Acerbi played well for Sassuolo, but Simeone, Riffraff, Barardi, Matri, and Ragusa were just all super pedestrian. And just like because of the weather conditions, almost every shot was just really soft and straight at the keeper. But. For you, Chris. I was waiting for it. Syria A megastar, Ford Palladino, gets his start and his debut against Genoa. And he actually had a couple of chances. He looked a little bit better on a team that's just slightly better than Crotone. Genoa, the the former Crotone star, starting him. I was surprised at that. Palladino gets the start at Genoa. He went back there. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he did. Went back. He used to play for Genoa, and now he's back with them. But I I agree with Tad. He he was kind of had some great shots there. Yeah, just the transfer news for this game. Genoa, they've just had a poor transfer window. I mean, they've had a lot of their stars plundered, and they only really add Palladino, basically bring him back, like we said. you know. And they proved their crappy transfer window by just being shut up by Sassuolo at home. Yeah, this game, I said in the beginning, there's the most frustrating teams for me in the, in the Serie A because Sassuolo, we thought they were going to be the Cinderella's and now, in the second half, we're done with them, right? Genoa... They're marching to the middle. Yeah, but, but you know, not, not convincingly. And Genoa, who has beaten Juve and, and other teams, end up losing to Sassuolo. They're just, it's so frustrating that, that they do this. Um, so, yeah, Sassuolo takes this one, uh, in my opinion, by surprise. Sassuolo's in 13th place with uh, 27 points. 
and Genoa's further down in 16th with 25. And that'll do it for the middle of the pack, guys. We move on and we go to... The Danger Zone. Ooh, a Marco Danger Zone. Danger Zone. All right, we only got one game here, and it's my favorite. Crotone and Palermo. The game of the week, W-E-A-K. And Mighty Crotone falls to the other basement dweller, Palermo, 0-1. You don't say. Yeah. How how do you win anymore after you lose Paladino? It's the Battle of Mordor Mountain. Uh, the headline here has got to be Palermo continues their dominance of the basement with since hiring Mr. Lopez uh, from Ur- with no 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 hold on it's the battle of the mines of Moria <laughs> uh, yeah since hiring their new coach uh, Lopez um, impressive I guess <laughs> uh, and uh, a, a common uh, goal scorer here with Nestorovsky right scores at home sitting in the box unguarded chipped to the corner unacceptable uh just t- terrible from Crotone. they had a huge win last week and then they come back and and with this it's just embarrassing um what do you guys think is uh palermo becoming believers here with their new coach gotta i gotta preface this they draw napoli and then they have this huge epic win after mighty Crotone. are, are they for real maybe gonna get out of the basement here well no they're not gonna get out of the basement but their best streak of the year drawing Napoli, which is basically they held on for dear life as Napoli punished them and just couldn't get through. And Crotone, man, Crotone, they have Comic Sans on the back of their jersey. That says it all. When you're still eight points out from safety at this point of the season, it is tough. It is real tough. Yeah. I think another telling point here, and I I only saw this in one place, but apparently, so we've mentioned Paladino gets brought up to Genoa, right? The transfer fee, they only get 250,000 euro for that. Well, how, how is that good business? I don't understand that at all. Well, I was surprised that they offered you a cheese, a ham and cheese Quaison, uh, who has now since left Palermo, and uh, a sack of marbles to see if you would come try out for the team, Chris. <laughs> ham and cheese Quaison, biggest heartbreaker. I know we might have brought it up in the past, but he, he's been shipped off to Germany in Mainz. We wish him well. Means. We, we like oh, saying yeah. his name. We like saying his name. Good luck uh, up north. All right, guys. Week 23 in the books. You guys made it. We just got a little bit longer. Hang in there. We're going to do <coughs> the awards. I'm, I'm sweating like I just ran a mile. <laughs> so who is the player of the week for week 23 for you guys? Yeah, this this is a question that we throw in every once in a while. I think this week is, is more pertinent, but... I mean, guys, we had three huge performances, two hat tricks, and a four-goal game. Mertens, Hamsick, or Parolo? What do you think? The, the, the skill that I saw from Mertens does it for me. I, he's such a good player, but I, these are great options. All three had great games this week. Yeah. I mean, if it weren't for the fact that these, these three players were each playing against a garbage team, um, it, it would be more impressive, but... Parolo, I think, takes the cake. Four goals. He's a midfielder. Never really scores that much. Um, he, well, he had a great performance. Look at this. It's a podcast divided because Hamsik was just so powerful this game, man. And as as impressed as I've been with, with Mertens, I mean, Mertens has been so good that he's kind of been outshad- overshadowing this amazing season that Hamsik's had. But I think that Hamsik, to me, he just he he kind of personified what I think it is to, to like have a powerful captain midfielder, which is some amazing play. All right, guys, there's our player of the week. How about the goal of the week, Marco? Start with you. Who do you got? I'm gonna give it to Cuadrado, Jalen Smith. He rips a hole through the back of the net, and uh, you know it was just a laser. I loved it. Hmm. I'm gonna stick with my man Hamsik. His uh, his third goal and his tripleta. Um, Word of the week. Word of the week. Tripleta. Uh, sorry, guys. I'm pouring sweat right now. Um, you know, he's just in traffic, gets a little ball dumped off to him, and just takes one touch and just crushes it upper 90. Yeah, I'm sticking with Napoli here with Mertens, uh, same as my player of the week. Uh, just his skill on the ball was so impressive. Uh, just a great, great finish uh, to finish the game off. How about at the other end of the field, guys, the save of the week for the goalkeepers? 
I got myself a tie. Skorupski saves Falke in a PK, and Pepe Reina saves Destro in a PK. Both ones put a big old smile on my face. Handyman for me. He saves against Pjanic twice. Uh, first off, his free kick. It was a sick save. And then in the second half, as Pjanic is sliding through off an of Iguain pass, sick save. Uh, I'm going to give it to an old, an oldie uh, but a goodie here with uh, Buffon, man. He went and uh, got the clean sheet against Inter in a big game. Uh, finished uh, one nothing, taking it against Inter. Good for him. Good for Buffon and, and Juve. So we already looked ahead to the week 24. We got a lot of games coming up. Middle of the week games, some makeup games, uh, and the weekend games. So hope everybody enjoys that. Um, I think that's it, guys. Uh, you guys survived. So for someone who didn't make it to the bachelor party, congrats on surviving the podcast. Uh, and like, I- thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. Finish him. Let's yeah, let's wrap this up before you guys fall asleep. So we got our social media out there. Please let us know on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Fabio Curve America.com. Uh, we've got uh, iTunes and, and uh, SoundCloud. Please find us on there, rate and comment. And I think that's it. Hey, that's my line. Sorry, you're you're sweating over there. <laughs> so until next week, we say Arrivederci. Ciao. Ci vediamo a presto. Ciao.